Race, sex, creed, and class. Intersectionality. Very, very bad. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene, and you're ba- we're back with Dumbasses Talking Politics. Welcome back. So I've decided I'm going to, again, make some changes to this podcast. One of the things I'm going to change is the number of times I do it a week. Again, I'm writing a book, but I have lost my focus, and so I need to kind of rebrand this whole thing. So I'll be doing it Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, and I, it's going to be a little longer because we're going to talk, again, more about philosophy than anything else. But first, we need to talk about the stupid news that's going on. So Taylor Swift is, and she's a singer, if you don't know, she's not one of the great thinkers of the United States. Um, But she's on a crusade against the United States government. Injustice has not struck the heart of the United, has now struck the heart of the United States census. And the, uh, the social justice warriors general, Swift, needs to swoop and save our country from ourselves. The United States government had the audacity to ask if the head of the household is a male or female. That's right. Jesus, how can this happen? No transgender, no cisgender, no non-binary, no bestiosexual. I made that one up. I'm assuming that eventually having sex with animals is going to be a thing. I don't know if it'll ever be a thing, but who knows? We're getting kind of out there. Or any of the other 1,800 different genders that have been defined. Just male and female. She said this, quote, I got the census the other day, and there were only two choices, male and female. And that erasure was so upsetting to me. Swift described (laughs) the two-gender option as really brutal way of dismissing transgender and non-binary citizens. We need to make sure we elect people who care about all communities. Blah, 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 blah. And by the way, that was courtesy of the Daily Wire, which I subscribe. And so does Dave of the Dave Rules. He he, uh, subscribes now, too. Um, Erasure of transgenders, I think, is really kind of a fun term because um no they it was always male and female transgenderism was never a thing for the longest time it's become a thing in the last maybe 10 years uh for years uh taylor swift has been completely out of politics and got crap for it i thought it was actually quite refreshing But she received a lot of pressure from leftist groups about her opinions, and she finally caved in. And now I no longer listen to Taylor Swift, as if I really listened to a lot of her music before. At least she could sing, but her songs were dumb, so I really didn't care for her much. My girlfriend does, and her kids like her, but yeah, not me. I don't, I know. She doesn't care that I don't listen to her music. I'm not exactly in her demographic. She came out 
but she did come out as the typical dumb millennial. As leftist as the day is long. I, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Her specialty seems to be LGBTQ issues, but um, she hates Trump enough to be relevant, so that's that's good for her. Honestly, this is just really dumb. The government doesn't care about what people you are attracted to. They only care if you're a male or female. If you're a male who has decided to be female, female, fine, then check the female box. They don't care. I'm pretty sure the government does not have other genders listed because the form would end up being 400 pages longer. And trust me, it's long enough. And they do not have enough computing power to calculate the demographics of the 1,800 different genders. Not to mention, no one really cares. I, I do not fill out the census because I am sure there are three illegal aliens out there who are going to be filling it out for me. That is another thing I find kind of funny about it. It's an affront not to add all the different genders that the SJW group decides to pick up, but... Asking one's immigration status is something that is just really bad. Something that's actually kind of important, to be honest with you. Uh, typical. Uh, the left always has to point out someone is a victim of something. Even checkboxes can be bigoted, racist, sexist, misogynist. It's the same thing, I know. But this is a perfect story that will lead us into today's topic. A topic that conservatives and the left wing just will never agree on. And one of the reasons why we could end up in a civil war in this country. Identity politics and intersectionality. When I started writing this thing, I, I thought I was going to deal with race. Um, because it's such a hot topic. Black Lives Matter has been heading the protests since the death of George Floyd, and you cannot listen to CNN for more than 15 minutes without hearing the words race, racism, and white supremacist, usually talked about with Trump, at least 30 times. But then I thought about it, and I realized race really isn't actually the problem. It's identity politics and intersectionality. Black Lives Matter who I consider a domestic terrorist group, along with Antifa, just so that I can be I, I can be even, not just the black people are domestic terrorists, the white people who sit in their mother's basements are also domestic terrorists. The whole philosophy of Black Lives Matter is based on inter intersectionality. In their manifesto on their website, they say, quote, we make our spaces family-friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We foster queer-affirming network. We uh, foster a queer-affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather, the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless she, he, 
is, yeah, or they disclose otherwise. We cultivate an intergenerational and communal network free from ageism. We believe that all people, regardless of age, show up with the capacity to lead and learn. We embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagement with one another. Now, mind you, this is from Black Lives Matter website. You can look at it. It's not very long. It's maybe a thousand words. Um, so here's the thing. It's not about black lives. They bond with women, gays, transgenders, and the old against the patriarchy, which is defined as white male-led slavery. They are not all about black people. They are about oppressed groups. If one can get through all the communist crap that these guys are peddling, I mean, they use terms like collective and comrades all through the essay. One can see that Black Lives Matter is more than just about black lives. And this is the perfect cutover to what is really wrong with the philosophy of the left. And the philosophy of the left deals with identity politics and intersectionality. Now, I think one of the first things we need to do is talk about what are identity politics and what is intersectionality. Because even though intersectionality is actually part of the Oxford English Dictionary, it actually is still marked as red when you decide to um, use it in a sentence in Word, or in this case, WordPress. But let's talk about those two. And then we should talk about what's wrong with them and why they are just failures when it comes to philosophy. Identity politics is a philosophy that came out in the 60s during the civil rights movement and the second wave of feminism, which occurred at about the same time. Though the term was not coined until much later, there were studies by professors in the late 70s and early 80s that proved that, that quote, proved, end quote, that one's identity, age, race, gender, creed, put one in a category of victimhood. Identity politics is defined as, quote, the laden phrase identity politics has come to signify a wide range of political activity and theorizing founded in the shared experiences of injustice of members of certain social groups. Rather than organizing solely around the belief systems, pro pro programmatic manifestos or party affiliations, identity political formations typically aim to secure political freedom of specific constituency marginalized within a larger context. Members of that constituency assert or reclaim ways of understanding their distinctiveness that challenge dominant oppressive characterizations with the goal of greater determination. End quote. That definition actually came from the University of Stanford. Awesome. So, what does that all mean? Essentially, if you belong to a group, you're black, you're a woman, you're gay, you're an American Indian, you are a victim. When you accept that you are a victim, this will give you a greater agency, theoretically, to discover the victimhood 
and go beyond the victimhood. I know now that doesn't sound in itself bad, but it has been bastardized. I know what you're thinking, and just wait for it. There is more to it when we talk about identity politics and discuss how dumb this thing is. But right now, we're going to go through the definitions of identity politics, and now let's talk about the definition of intersectionality. Identity politics did not go far enough. That was the big problem with it. What if you belong to two victim groups? Let's say you were black and you were a woman. Women were victimized, blacks are victimized, but you're a black woman. That's where intersectionality comes into play. The term was first used in 1989 by Kimberlé Crenshaw, who was a civil rights activist and a legal scholar. She wrote a paper for the University of Chicago Legal Forum citing the traditional feminist ideas and anti-racist policies exclude black women because they face overlapping discrimination in unique to them. Because the intersectional experience is greater than the sum of racism and sexism, any analysis does not take intersectionality into account cannot uh, it not take intersectionality into account cannot sufficiently address the particular manner in which black women are subordinated. Okay, she wrote that and that's from cjr.org. What does that mean? The thing is, as a black person, this person has gone through specific types of subjugation or different types of victimhood. As a woman, a person goes through another set of victimhood, subjugation, slavery, whatever. When you cross the two together, you have a level of victimhood that is higher. So, for example, a black, uh, a white woman has less victimhood than a black woman. A white man, well, he white man doesn't have any uh, victimhood, has less victimhood than a black man. And a black woman has more victimhood than a black man because he's a man. Now, this was a serious thing. This was a serious thing. It was added to the Oxford English Dictionary back in 2015, and it's defined as the interconnected, quote, the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage, a theoretical approach based on such a premise. Wow! Regarded as overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage? Hmm. So, in other words, you're a professional victim. Merriam-Webster Dictionary added another definition, a lot easier definition, quote, the complex cumulative way in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination, such as racism, sexism, and classism, 
combine, overlap, or intersect, especially in the experiences of marginalized individuals or groups. The victim groups you belong to will intersect to define the victim that you are and the value you have to society based on your victimhood. Not what you do. Not what you accomplish. But your victimhood. And you're owed. The less intersections you have, or none, the less valuable you are. It does work. White, straight white men are the lowest intersections. Gay men go right after that. Women, white women, go over that. Black men go above that. Black women go above that. You see the point? So if you're a black woman and you're talking to me, you're going to have more social value than I will simply because you are a black woman. You can be a complete idiot. You can be completely wrong in your reason. It doesn't matter. You're a black woman. You have more view. So let's review. You are a white woman. You use identity politics to emphasize your victimhood as a woman because women couldn't vote 100 years ago. So society owes you. You are a black woman. You use intersectionality to state you are more of a victim because you are a woman who couldn't vote 100 years ago. And you are black because blacks were slaved and dealt with Jim Crow laws 50 years ago. 100 years and 50 years ago. So society owes you. If you're a Native American trans female lesbian who is Muslim, jackpot. If you are a straight white Caucasian male, you're screwed. So that's it. That's how it works. If you don't understand, do me a favor, leave a, a comment and I'll see if I can actually explain it a little clearer. I'm pretty sure it's pretty clear. Okay, there are some big problems with this philosophy. I reject the philosophy. Not because I'm a straight white male Christian who is not part of any victimhood and should be dismissed because of that, which is enough reason to reject the philosophy. I reject the philosophy because it's just stupid. Its value system is accepted, forces our civilization to be more stupid. But what I will talk about later is this philosophy is actually quite dangerous. And we can see the dangers of this philosophy right now. It's happening. Here are several reasons why the philosophy fails. First thing, it excludes people, even though it champions to protect people. Straight white male Christians are screwed. As far as intersectionality is concerned, we are the root of all patriarchy, and evil in our civilization. Fine, whatever. The problem is that there have been some pretty smart men in our civilization that were white. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, St. Thomas Aquinas, Galileo, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Poe, Jefferson, Washington, Locke, Twain, Franklin, Einstein, Steinbeck, Gates, Jobs, Bezos, Musk, and Trump. Just to name a few. Okay, Trump was a bit of a joke. He really isn't the intellectual of our time. But but the fact is, these are pretty smart guys. They're also very fine white men whose philosophy and reason I would trust far more than some, per, some quote philosopher 
who thinks that he or she has more legitimacy because they are victims that intersectionality deems as a sainthood. Names like Shapiro, Weinstein, Clavin, Harris, Crowder, Peterson, Levin, Poole, Corolla, Roe, Bongino, Rogan, Hannity, Sowell, Marr, Rubin, Gutfeld, and Crenshaw. Just to name a few of the elite as far as reason and philosophy go. Okay, Dave Rubin is gay and Greg Gutfeld is kind of gay, but I trust the reason of those guys over some of the self-proclaimed victims. Okay, Thomas Sowell is also black. I, I, but still, he's an intelligent human being. And so, and they don't depend on their victimhood. They don't depend on intersectionality and the rights that are given by intersectionality. Because these straight white men, or just white men, they have no say about moral questions in our country. When Ben Shapiro has no right to argue about abortion because he's a rich white male, he had something to say about it. He was, this little clip confronts uh, SJW when she basically said, well, you're a rich white man. Why is it you have a right to say anything about to an SJW uh, woman about abortion? He tore her apart. As a woman and somebody going into the healthcare field, I personally don't, it's on your opinion on abortion. Um, I personally don't think that like I could have an abortion just because morally I feel like for myself it wouldn't be the right choice. Um, but how do you defend your opinion as a white, well-off, religious man? Um, how do you defend your, ha like, telling a woman what she can do with because her body? Because evil things are still evil, even if I'm a white, well-off, religious man. And good things are still good, even if I'm a white, well-off, religious man. So the, I mean, to, this is, the, this is, this is one of these... This is one of these identity politics points that I really, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to come down harshly on you, I don't, uh, but it, it, it is a point that I really have serious moral qualms with. I, I think it's quite, quite terrible. The reason being that the people who were fighting against enslavement of black people were a bunch of well-off white men for the most part, right? And those people were saying, this is a moral sin. This is a moral blot. They weren't living in the South. They didn't own plantations. They didn't live the lives of the plantation owners. They said, this is evil and we are here to stop it. Right? When you see something that you think is morally wrong happening, especially when you're talking about the taking of a human life, like, listen, I think, that, uh, I think that you shouldn't go around randomly killing homeless people. I just have this view. I'm not a homeless person. Most of the people who randomly kill homeless people are probably not of my economic strata, my religious view, or my, uh, I don't know whether they're of my skin color or not. I have no idea what the, what the actual sociological breakdown of homeless killer serial murderers is. But, uh, but I would suggest that my identity has nothing to do with what is right or wrong. And this is what Western civilization used to be about. Western civilization used to be about the idea that, yes, I'm not a woman in the healthcare field, but you and I can have a conversation about what's right and wrong because this is the nature of human reason. The nature of human reason, the nature of right and wrong, is that you and I can talk about what's right and wrong and that I don't retreat into my identity. If we can all retreat into our identity and our morality is now centered around that identity, morality doesn't exist at all. We break down into a society of fragmented atoms where I can't even say, like, you're torturing a puppy in your backyard. I have nothing to say about that. I'm not a white woman who's in the healthcare field. 
I'm not going to do that. I, don't, I, don't, I, I refuse to surrender the idea that I can have a moral stance on issues that are of concern to society and of concern to the, to the well-being of the United States simply because of the color of my skin or the nature of my genitalia. And honestly, I believe any of you that feels differently is sexist, racist, and bigoted. Enough said. The reason that I wanted to play the above debate or the above contra co uh, comments by Shapiro is because it just shows that this man has reason that goes beyond the SJW intersectional range and that you can't dismiss debate or dismiss what someone says simply because of the color of their skin like you said, the nature of your genitalia, or uh, your creed, or your class. You can't do that. Because the reality is, some of these people are worthwhile. I mean, do we reject Plato because he was a rich white male? Plato was a rich white male. Do we reject Aristotle? Do we reject Aquinas, who wasn't a rich white man? He was just a white man who was a priest. Intersectionality discourages reasonable debate if one of the parties does not belong to the right victim group or his victimhood does not match the one he is debating. It is the worst aspect of cultist philosophy. You lose a lot of intelligent conversation when someone does this. Anyone who doesn't agree and is not of a victim group is just wrong because he doesn't understand the victimhood. Evil, science, and reason be damned. When a philosophy refuses to acknowledge these and will reject truth, this is not a philosophy. It is cult. It is a cult. And we all know where cults lead. Another huge problem with intersectionality and identity politics is that it ignores history, law, capitalism, and other social factors for those groups. Uh, we have talked in our last, uh, we talked about history in the last podcast. The left has created a historical vacuum when it comes to the United States. We never escaped slavery, even though we fought a civil war that killed almost 700,000 people. We never ended racism, even though we have added the 15th, 16th Amendments and have passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, by the way, voted by white men. Women were not able to vote 100 years ago, I mean, to the year. Even though women's suffrage passed and sexism laws are passed and equal rights laws have been passed, uh, so you can't discriminate in the workplace, but we're still bigoted, uh, still a bigoted nation, still a racist nation. It, we hate gay people, even though we've passed gay marriage, even though we've passed laws that give gays the same rights as anybody else. We're still a bad nation. The above mentioned of some laws that were passed that ended discrimination. But here are a couple of laws that no one talks about when they say how systemically racist, sexist, and bigoted we are. Murder and lynching are illegal. If done because of an attack on a protected victim group, it's hate crime, it's 
added, a hate crime statute is actually added, adding another 20 years of a prison sentence. I don't agree with this, by the way. I think murder is murder, murder is hate, and you should suffer. But if I kill a black man, and I killed a black man because he's black, I will get more punishment because of that. That doesn't show systemic racism. And why do I hate it? If a black man kills me, and he kills me because I'm white, that doesn't apply. And that's why I really don't like the law. Workplace harassment and discrimination is illegal and can start civil proceedings. So if you are gay or you are a woman and you are being harassed, you can sue. If a woman actually earns 70 cents per dollar of her male counterpart, she can sue. That goes with any minority, by the way. There have been tens of thousands of cases through the court system and trillions of dollars in awards. Don't believe me? Learn a newspaper. Stories are about this come up daily. But the left doesn't care about history. They want it gone. That's why they're tearing down statues. For them, our history is an inconvenience. It interferes with the narrative. They want to eliminate our history. They want to change our history. Let's face it. Let's face it. If there's anything good about the United States, why tear down the system? Why not build on what is good about the United States? The left doesn't want that. They want the system gone. So all they want to do is make the system look evil. Capitalism has been demonized by the left. And this is another part where I will argue this forever. Capitalism is what has been assuring equality in the workplace. A woman earns 70% of what men earn in the workplace is complete crap. Here's the skinny. Capitalism only cares about results. The bottom line. The creation. The product. I know the left thinks this is a bad thing, but it's not. Capitalism only cares about the bottom line. And if capitalism could save 30% on the bottom line by hiring women or blacks, it would. Capitalism is why Jackie Robinson was the first black man that played in Major League Baseball. He was a great player that could make the Dodgers, that could win the Dodgers a World Series winning team. Because if the Dodgers won a World Series, the Dodgers would be making money. It's that simple. They had a great player. They took that great player, brought him into a league that was only whites, and suddenly you had a great black player in Major League Baseball, and it was only for money. If you have any questions, you you want to... 42, great movie, great book, read that. The reality is, the only reason Jackie Robinson played, was the Do- played with the Dodgers is because they wanted to make money, period. If a company makes widgets at the retail cost uh, of a production of $5 per unit with manufacturing, and they can save $0.30 per unit 
to be manufactured by women or save 50 cents per unit because a black woman or a black man was hired, they would be hiring nothing but black men and black women uh, and white women. They don't do that. If I'm a capitalist, why pay $1 for someone if I could pay 71, 70 cents for someone else who, <coughs> who is just as good? This is why the whole crap about um, women earning that much less has been disproven. It's, it's, a, it's a load of crap. Thomas Sowell, back in the 80s, Thomas Sowell, the black economist, disproved the 70 cent per dollar theory. Jesus, 50 years ago? Because in capitalism, companies hire based on capacity and ability. And they pay based on a capacity of and ability of the one they are hiring. Once race is irrelevant, capitalism is colorblind. If I suck at my job, I lose my job or I get paid less. If I'm great at my job, I get paid more or get promoted, period. Or I find somewhere else to work. The big bosses don't know if I'm black and white. They just know what I do. If capitalist companies were racist and sexist, they would lose good workers. Because those great workers would quit and find another company. Likewise, people do not get paid less based on their race and sex. If this happened again, people would just go find another company. Everything, everyone thinks that, well, the left thinks that capitalism supports the rich. It doesn't. It supports the productive and the innovative. That includes the advantaged and the disadvantaged. If one creates, they win. Period. Amazon knew it. Apple knew it. Microsoft knew it. Tesla knew it. Capitalism is not evil. That the left is not as evil as the left wants to make it out to be. Socialism, on the other hand, which the left is really pushing, that's evil. Stealing money and giving it to others is nothing short of theft. Just because it's legal and government sanctioned doesn't make it any less theft. Taxes are theft because you're taking my money and you're doing something with it that I don't agree with. Intersectionality enjoys socialism. For the wrong reasons, by the way. Finally, intersectionality the philosophies of intersectionality and um, identity politics creates an us versus them environment. Because I do not belong to a victim group or I'm in a lower victim class, my views and life is irrelevant. Do I think I'm going to sit easy with that? No. I think I'm smarter than a lot of people. And I'm going to tell you that. Not to mention, I'm going to have very little respect for your opinion. If you buy that crap, that lack of respect will turn to anger. Anger turns to hate and hate usually leans to violence and death. Yes, that is a Star Wars thing. But you know something? That's where we're heading right now. Here is the biggest problem with intersectionality and identity politics. It's dangerous. Because the victim classes believe that the sins of the United States never went away. And the system is still corrupt. That means the system needs to be changed. 
it needs to be turned, torn down. As we've seen with Black Lives Matter's philosophy, and Antifa for that matter, they're the same thing. They're kind of communist slash anarchy. They're all over the place. We know what they want to replace it with. Socialism. Communism. The destruction of capitalism. Opportunity. Freedoms. The Constitution. Speech. Religion. All gone. The government will control all. And we will be at the mercy of the government's whim. How close are we to this? Very. And I know that's a very hard thing to think about. It's hard to believe that Animal Farm 1984, uh, Fahrenheit 451, all of these, uh, Brave New World, uh, the Gulag Archipelago, all of those totalitarian theories, stories. Well, the Gulag Archipelago wasn't actually a story. It actually happened. But could be so close in this country because it just seems impossible. It's not. The left is very close to controlling our government. If President Trump does not mellow out on the tweeting thing, he could very well lose this next election. His poll numbers are not looking great. And Joe Biden's strategy of hiding in his basement and not screwing up is working. Though I think that crap's going to end soon. And I'm not so sure a lot of people like what he's doing, except the news media. Finally, the most dangerous aspect of the philosophy is cancel culture. In the beginning, cancel culture was actually kind of fun. Um, people would call for firing conservatives like Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Of course, those people were rejected because they hated them anyway, and nobody ever watched their shows, so whenever someone asked them, well, why do you want them gone, they would call them, of course, racist and whatever, but not really have a reason. They canceled things like Aunt Jemima and screamed that chess is racist. Oh, by the way, chess being racist, math being racist, chess being racist is a thing, by the way. It's because the white pieces go first. I'm not kidding you. I actually have a link at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. It is a thing. So it, it started out as kind of funny and stupid. But right before our eyes, cancel culture is morphing. Looting and domestic terrorism and canceling businesses by destroying them. Companies like the NFL, the NBA, Google, Twitter, Nike... Apple and Microsoft have been bending the knee to these groups and have rejected anyone who rejects the radical beliefs of Black Lives Matter. Our statues are being torn down. Our flag is being burned. This is happening now. But it's getting worse. People are being silenced on social media because of their beliefs, censored. People are being doxxed and fired from their jobs, ruining their careers. People being, are being attacked because of the color of their hats, not even what the hat says. Saying the wrong thing or just looking different, maybe white. Normal, law-abiding citizens are being left unprotected because police departments are being told to stand down and defunded against criminal organizations like Black Lives Matter and Antifa.
This has led to some serious injuries and deaths of the innocent. You think I'm exaggerating? It may sound like it because nobody talks about the deaths that have occurred during all this rioting in the last month. It's not in the mainstream media because what the rioters are doing follows the left's narrative. Don't believe a lot of people have died? How about David Dorn, David McAtee, Chris Beatty, Dorian Murrell, Italia Kelly, Marcus Toussaint, Patrick Underwood, Calvin Horton Jr., James Skurlock, Javier Harrell, Barry Perkins III, Jorge Gomez, Jose Gutierrez, Victor Cazares Jr., and Marvin Francois. Here's a newsflash. Most of those people were minorities. Most were black. And that's just naming a few. I did not mention the hundreds that are getting shot in places like Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles, simply because the police have been told to stand down and suddenly lawlessness has become a thing. This is happening now. What could happen in the future? Could I get into trouble with the law because I say something wrong? Use the wrong pronoun? Pray to my God? Complain about the government? Not want to give up my gun? Be able to reason why our government is wrong? Does that seem far-fetched? They're already doing things like this in countries like China, Russia, North Korea, and to a smaller extent, Germany, Canada, Japan, and France. Why don't we think it could happen here? Could I be arrested for my race? I'm considered evil. I'm a straight, white, Catholic man. Being part, of, I'm part of the privileged class, theoretically. Because I reason, pray, and see injustice? Could I be imprisoned? Could I be thrown in a work camp? Lose my family, career, and life because people do not like what I'm saying today? It happened. It happened in countries like Russia, the Soviet Union, same country, China, Venezuela, Cuba, North Korea, Germany, Nazi Germany. Why don't we think it could not happen here? Folks, this is cancel culture. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's dangerous. It has been done before. It has never ended well. This is something I can't get behind. And I will fight to avoid it becoming mainstream in the United States. This is something we all really should stand up against, fight against, because it's wrong and it'll transform our country. Okay, pretty heavy stuff, huh? Pretty I told you when we talk about civil wars and things like that, it gets heavy. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at runninfool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'll have videos, uh, any clips, 
Uh, actually, this is an essay. These are not actual show notes. Um, and I'll have all the links to my resources. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Thank you.